Hey there, my name is Cam Fraser and welcome to the first ever Men, Sex and Pleasure podcast where we'll be talking all things masculinity, sexuality, the male body and men's experiences of pleasure. Today, I've got an amazing guest. Uh, his name is Nick Spadaccini and he's an engineer, author, filmmaker and lifelong student of all things Tantra. He has a refreshingly open way of talking about the not-so-talked-about parts of our sexual bodies. Uh, a couple of years ago, in 2016, Nick started writing a book, which is soon to be released, called Penises, Vaginas, A User's Manual. It's a hand guide to the basics about our sexual bodies that are often overlooked in our modern world. And Nick's been a friend and a teacher of mine for about a year, and we've actually done a few offerings together with regards to online content. We did a great debate talking about people as pleasure-seeking beings a few months ago as part of a Facebook Live that we uh, were very excited to do and, and to chat about. So I had a really beautiful conversation with Nick and learned a lot from him, still learn a lot from him every time I chat. So hopefully you gain some insight and some knowledge from what he has to share about multi-orgasms, uh, caveman sex, mystical sex, and all the other knowledge bombs that he dropped on uh, me and the listeners over the next hour. So enjoy. A healthy, happy sex life can be one of the most wonderful and exciting parts of a good marriage. Every man's penis can get hard at certain times. Do you ever have that happen to you? Every boy should realize that the size of his genital organs has nothing to do with fertility or his capacity as a male. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for being one of the one of the top ten. Mate, it's it's a pleasure. I uh, I am very happy to be here. I love I love what you're doing. I love your love supporting your work. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's brilliant. Thanks very much, my brother. And I love you as well. So um, it's a pleasure yeah, for, exactly. for me to have a chat with you. Um, we're pretty familiar with each other's work and we've had some, some deep yeah. and meaningful conversations. But for those people that are listening, would you like to share some of, your, some of your journey, some of your experiences and how you got to be doing what it is that you're doing today? Yeah, sure, mate. I, um, I, about four years ago, I started writing a book. And uh, the book is called Penises and Vaginas, a user's manual. And, uh, and people always ask me, like, why? Why, <laughs> why have I written the book? And uh, my, my answer has, you know, my, my jokey answer is kind of like, I don't know. I just did it because I was like, it was just seemed like a good thing at the time. But, but um, I've got a writing coach and she pushed me a little bit harder just recently and said, what? why are you writing this book? Do you care about people's sex lives? And I was like, Nah, I don't. She's like, wait a minute, you don't care about things. I'm like, no, I don't. She's like, well, why are you writing the book? And I'm like, oh, she really, really drilled me. And I was like, and I was like, well, I, I, I care about people. I care about people. And it's like, okay, well, what, what's that? Uh, what, what is that? How does that reflect in whatever it is that you're creating here? And it's like, well, I care about people. Like, like I see so much, like trauma and so much difficulty in relationships that just doesn't need to be there because of a lack of understanding of how our, our, our physiology works. Right. So, so as, as kids, we're taught as 13 year olds, we're taught, you know, birds and the bees talk at school and we start to learn a little bit about our bodies and we, we start to learn a little bit about sex, but we learn nothing. It's nothing. And it's, it's a child's education. And then that goes into, you know, we start to learn from mates that are a little bit older than us. And then, um, we start to learn from uh, porn and it just doesn't teach, like it doesn't teach us anything. And, and so I, I, was, I was starting to relate to, to my writing coach. I was saying, look, I, I, yeah, I'm passionate about that. And she's like, she pushed me a little bit further. She's like, why is that important? She's like, oh, cause I want to know. So I'm really, I'm writing this book for me and, and part of it for me, the biggest question for me that I've had, and actually it's similar to the, the, uh, the, the last time you and I did a, a podcast together or a, a session together is can, can I be in relationship with one woman and have a really active, positive sex life? That's, mm. can, can those two things marry together? And uh, I've been poly for about polyamorous, which is, you know, multiple lovers for a long time now, a number of years. I don't, don't actually know exactly how many. And um, and it's, it's really easy to sort of just go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And, and it's, and, and, and I didn't really understand why I was doing it. It just happened. Right. I just, I just found myself in these poly relationships. And what, 
what was under what for me what's been underneath it is is even though there's an element of me like i really identified as being like really good in bed and and um i thought that that was something that made me valuable as a man it's one mm. of the things you know like um you know one of the things i can do for a woman is provide good sexual experiences which which i thought was an important thing like you know in our popular culture that sort of um sent like is is out there um i had i had about about maybe 15 years ago now i had a really beautiful experience where a woman had the courage to tell me that i really sucked in bed and she mm. the way she told me that was like the, the the morning after we had sex she she like she woke up i was laying next to her and she walked up to a bookshelf and she got a copy of the book, The Multi-Orgasmic Man uh, by Mantek Chia, which is a brilliant book. Mm. And uh, she walked over to me and said, here, you need this. And that, that's <laughs> all she said, here, you need this. And I've got this book and I'm like, what? Are you freaking kidding me? Like, what do you mean I need this? I'm, I'm like a gun in bed, but I wasn't. And I had mm. no idea. Mm. And so for me, the journey for me from there was how, how can I get better? Like, how do I do this? My whole life, my whole world, my whole idea of myself came crashing down because it's like, oh, if I'm not good in bed, at the time I had no money as well. So I was like broke. I was like, well, then who, who am I as a man? That's what I was questioning, right? Mm-hmm. So, so and, and I'm not finished with the question either. Like, of, you know, 15 years later, and this question is still there. Who am I as a man? Like, that doesn't just, doesn't just magically shift and become something so oh, this is this is it. This is this is what it is to be a man. Like it's no, it's, it's my my experience of it is that it's complete. It's a continuing, continually unfolding journey, and um, yeah, and it's 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 one that is bringing me to starting to understand. Okay, well, there are things that I can learn, and I've learned some of the things that help me to be better in bed. You know, have more access to my own pleasure sh- shift my idea of what pleasure is altogether. Mm. Um, it's helped me to look at like the simple things about our physiology that, that actually make it possible to be in a, in a mon- um, I can't even say the word, monogamous <laughs> relationship um, and, and, uh, and have an amazing sex life and, and, and to do it in a way that's, um, that's, uh, that is sustainable over time. So, um, that's, that's what's driving me at the moment. That's what's, that's why I'm interested in this field. It's, it, I am definitely, I, I do care about people and I want people to, to be able to, you know, benefit from the, the, the 15 years worth of research that I've done. Um, and, and primarily I want to know for myself, I want to know what's possible, like what's possible in this body. Mm. Like that's, that's, that's what's, that's what's driving me. So so I guess if the answer, I hope I answered your question just there, but to, to, <laughs> to summarize, I was shocked into um, discovery of all things Tantra by, uh, uh, yeah, by a situation where a woman had the courage enough to say, you, you don't know what you're doing. Mm. And you, need, you need a little bit of help. And then I, I went off and I got as much help as I could. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. And I love how you framed it like this female partner of yours had the courage to speak out against the shitty experience that she probably felt that she had, right? Like that's, there's, there's so much power in voicing not only what you find pleasurable, but also voicing what you don't find pleasurable, right? And this is something that for, um, for my work with men, I suppose, is something that I found really, really important is like, getting these guys to tap into, as you kind of mentioned, what's possible for what they can experience in terms of their pleasure. And if they're not getting that to, to speak out, right. To be like, look, I actually you know, want to experience this. And obviously their partners as well, having taking responsibility, right. Taking responsibility for their pleasure. Uh, and I know we've kind yeah. of spoken about this before, but I was wondering, you know, you've mentioned physiology and what's possible with this, this body, the physical body. I'm wondering if you're able to speak more into that. What is possible with this physical body? I'd love to. And like, I might even go back one step before that and just sort of talk about where, what, what's influenced us. So, as, as, so right now, we've, we're, we're in, a, in a particularly odd scenario in, 
in our in our sexual lives as as humans where where there's it's almost like there's a new new renaissance that's coming through and it's like um like something we know that there's something more that we all want and we want to experience it and but we don't we don't really know how we've gotten to this bit and so uh, one of the things I like to talk about is that we, we get, we, I call it caveman sex. We, we've been influenced by the fact that 50,000 years ago, we were an endangered species. Mm. We, we were that we're not only endangered, but unlikely, unlikely to survive because we were soft external skinned, uh, didn't have any teeth or horns. We, we weren't good at fighting against, you know, saber toothed tigers and stuff like that. So how do we survive? It was like, there's, there's a bunch of different things, opposable thumbs, consciousness, yes, all of that. I, I don't take anything away from that. But one of the main things that, that helped us to survive was the style of sex that we had. Mm. We had sex for survival. We were like, we needed to populate this planet. So we needed to have a style of sex that was designed for not just conception, but mass conception on a global scale. Mm. So we're talking about like a huge... Like, like populating the planet is what we were trying to do. And that's the sex that evolved from that. So the sex that evolved was highly conceptive sex. It was designed for multiple partners. So in tribal groups, there are tribes in the Amazon that today who still practice multiple paternity, which means that, you know, they, they see that every one of the, every man that has sex with that woman is the father to that child. Mm. So like we, we see it, we know that this, this happened, right? So multiple partners, um, done in dangerous environments so likely to have been quick so women have become very um very efficient at extracting semen from men men have been have become efficient at depositing semen into women mm. i don't know if that sounds familiar to anybody <laughs> uh, but these are the things that happened as as a as a part of nature and it was it was a beautiful thing because in those groups we were living in tribal groups right so it made that that sort of that sex in that environment makes sense. Mm. Fast forward fifty thousand years, though, and, and so the because you know, the, the whole the whole outcome it's an outcome based sex. The outcome is you know to to have babies, so sperm in egg basically. Mm. Mm. Um, but if you fast forward fifty thousand years, there's eight billion people. That that style of sex has been extremely successful. It's done its job. It's done really really well, though taking a style of sex that's designed for mass conception on a global scale and then just adding one step, which is contraception. And I'm not against contraception. I'm just saying that style of sex at contraception does not make sense. Mm. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, it's, it's, um, it's a little bit like brushing your teeth with a broom. Right. Mm. So, so you can do it. <laughs> you can brush your teeth with a broom if you want, but it's not going to be as, as efficient as a toothbrush. Right. So it's not design wise. And, as you, as you know, my background is engineering, so I love, I can't make this from a design studio. How, how have we designed our sex? Our sex life isn't the design. So, so we've been highly influenced by caveman sex and we see the shadow side of caveman sex in, in porn uh, and stuff like that at the moment. Um, but, but it's not bad. Caveman sex isn't bad. It's also creating life and it's very primal. It's primally oriented, right? Mm. The other thing that's, so that's 50,000 years. We come back, move forward in history a little bit further to about 5,000 years ago. The, the numbers are debatable, but about 5,000 years ago, there was a bunch of different cultures uh, that's uh, the, the tantrics in Northern, Northern India, like in the Kashmir region. Um, and a few, a few different, like lots of different, that the Mayans were doing it, uh, the, the Buddhists, uh, the tantrics and the Taoists, they started questioning what sex was all about. And so they, they started what, I, what I've just called mystical sex. And mystical sex is the whole thing that's all about connection and it's this thing that's all, you know, attachment, like not attachment, but uh, connection to God and something greater than us. And you've done a lot of studies in those, those sorts of things. I've done, I've done, yeah, a whole bunch of courses and, I, and, I, and books and all sorts of things. And, you know, been done, done the um, pilgrimages through India and Israel and, Europe and all sorts of places in America, native native Australians, all of it. There's all of these ancient these these ancient um, cultures have some sort of uh, mystical type sex, uh, or a lot of not all of them, but a lot of them do. Mm. And and the, the the beautiful thing about mystical side of sex is that it, it is it's all about connection, and it's about deepening, and it's about ascension. So for me, it's it's really it talks about the ethereal or etheric nature of sex. Uh, but on the on the on the perhaps shadow side of the mystical sex is the dogma 
and mm. the rules and the seriousness. So it gets really, really serious. So he, here we are as a society, we're influenced by what I, I like these two poles, right? So on one side, we've got caveman sex. The other side, we've got mystical sex. And then here we, we're in the middle and it's going, well, what do we do? Mm. And all we, for, for the most part, we hear the shadow side of those, side, of those things. We hear you know, religion and dogma saying, this is what you must do. You know, don't have sex with, before you, unless you're married. Um, all the other things about it. This is the way. Like even even in the even in the um, in the more spiritual sort of groups, or the you know the the, the in quote unquote conscious community, it, there's there's rules and rituals around sex, which uh, and I'm not saying that they're bad, but it's like it's like you know, not necessarily they're not necessary. Uh, well, not necessarily necessary. Mm. Um, and on the flip side of it, you've got porn. So we've got where do we sit? And so. What I like to talk about is somewhere in this continuum. I think it's a continuum. There's a sweet spot, and it's different for everybody. We're all we're all different. Like we all can approach it differently, and but it's it's part like it's not none of it's divorced or separate from our uh, from our belief structures. And so sweet spot sex is it's kind of like an, like for me it's like an, it's an, it's a place of acknowledgement of this is this is my comfortable zone. this is this is what like i i feel most comfortable here engaging mm. in sex in this particular way and for, for me acknowledging that and saying this is this is what i really enjoy has helped me to then step into okay this is this is where i'm at so what's what else is possible if that makes sense so then mm. so then so then i started looking at okay what's what's possible with with my body well what what is it possible to do from a sexual perspective, like what is, what is possible? And Oh my God, man, that's such a big question. I don't even like it. There's so much that is possible. <laughs> yeah. There is so much that is possible. Like the physiology. So, so one of the, one of the main drawbacks of the caveman style sex or the, or the hybrid of caveman style sex that we're having in our, in our society is that it's actually designed for multiple partners because it's, it's, it's mass conception in a global scale, right? So, mm. so if we're just doing that style of sex and what that means is lots of penis in vagina, uh, lots of ejaculating, then there's a, there's a thing called the Coolidge effect, which uh, I'm sure you understand as well. And you know, I won't go into it too much, but really essentially it basically states that um, a man who has ejaculated into a woman is more likely to want to have sex with another woman that he finds attractive than he is to want to have sex with a woman that he's just had sex with. Right. So it's basically saying um, in a sense, and there are, there are a number of books that sort of point to like uh, sex at dawn as a, is a book that, that they, um, they discuss this concept of the Coolidge effect and sort of saying that therefore, you know, human beings should be polyamorous, should have multiple partners. And, I think that's a flawed argument. I think it's true if that's the only style of sex there is, that is the highly ejaculatory style of sex. But as soon as we start stepping back from that, then I think it can shift. The issue or the thing that I do agree with the Coolidge effect though, is that if a man, every time a man is doing that right from the very beginning, from the first time he has sex with a woman and he ejaculates into her, and then he has sex with her again, ejaculates into her, sex again, ejaculate, sex again, ejaculate. Every single time he does that, there's a slight resistance that's building up inside of him. Physiologically, our hormones, we're like the, it's not fully understood, but, and there is some controversy around it, of course, with everything in, in sex, the studies are, are very controversial, but prolactin is one of the hormones that uh, we, we you know, think is the one that's, that causes men, we, we know that it causes men to feel that feeling of satisfaction and it's, it's, it plays a part in the, you know, wanting to roll over and fall asleep. Uh, we're also thinking that it could be the bit that uh, makes us, makes us, yeah, it's part of the mechanism that makes us want to roll away from our partner and feel that, the, feel that, um, feel that resistance. Um, so the, the key I think is during the honeymoon period, so during the first couple of months of a relationship, it doesn't matter. There's so much oxytocin, so much vasopressin, uh, all, the, all, the, all the good drugs, right? Mm, all yeah. the happy hormones buzzing through our body. If we get hit by prolactin or 
uh, or the, the, the cocktail that is the post ejaculatory cocktail, um, it's not going to, we're not, we're not even going to really notice it. It's just, it's going to, we're going to, it's going to, we're going to experience it, but it's going to be, oh, you know, baby, I love you so much. It's like, oh, I'm so happy to be with you. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's the point where eventually that will start to shift. And, uh, um, even there's a guy called Bruce Lipton, you know, Dr. Bruce Lipton, he's, he talks about, uh, he talks about the honeymoon period, extending the honeymoon period to, to forever. So we never, we don't need to, we don't need to stop the honeymoon period. Um, and I really believe it. I really believe that too. It's like, so, so one of the things that's possible is, is our, our body is physiologically programmed toward caveman sex. Yes. And our body is physiological program, physiologically programmed towards mystical style sex. We just have to, we just have to change a few little things. And the, and the things that we change is, well, the first one, and I'm sure you've spoken a lot uh, about this um, in, in your work is, is separating ejaculation from orgasm. That's, that's number one place for men to start. Like, like all the, all the, all the guys that I'm, I'm coaching and helping through this, like it's, that's the place that we start. It's like, mm. it, it's, it's very difficult if, if male pleasure is linked to, I need to ejaculate very difficult to, to shift um, to shift that away from that. Like it has to start to shift away from that to, to start to really unlock these other parts of our physiology, which can have these enormous, you know, universe expanding pleasurable orgasms. Uh, and also without them being like these big explosive things, just really subtle, beautiful, like just this moments of just holding hand with a lover. Like these, these are, these are, possible uh, and all possible in our physiology the abs- all of it's there all of us it's retraining how we how we see um how we see arousal and it retrains what we see as pleasure what we see as orgasm mm. yeah beautiful men i love pretty much everything you just said there and i resonate <laughs> okay. with the whole I said a lot sorry yeah. <laughs> no, no it was perfect man on. it was perfect i love the um i love the the depth of the explanation especially like you know, I think I've said this to you before, but what I found in like men's sexuality work is the, the only expressing those two poles, right? So it's, you know, with regards to, you know, guys, for example, would take ejaculation. That was something that you've just spoken about. It's like guys have a headspace when they've not done any sexuality work, when they're stuck in caveman sex mentality of like, Oh, I'm going to come too soon. And I, and it's all ejaculation focused. Right. And it's like, trying to prolong as much as possible without really knowing how to do that your ejaculation and then you know and then they seek out maybe if they're comfortable seeking out some advice some help they they run into someone you know in the tantra world or in the spiritual sacred sexuality world neo tantra world and the language that's used there is like ejaculation is bad and that you shouldn't ejaculate and so then you know they they polarize they flip flop to the other side of the coin which is okay now i can never ejaculate and now it's like ejaculation is this bad thing that i don't want to happen um but still both of those mindsets are anxiety inducing and a, and a, and a fear-based in a sense right and and so that's what i kind of like really resonate with you know we got to find that spot in in the middle and and the reason why i don't teach neo-tantra sacred sexuality stuff as much anymore though i try and integrate that into my work is because there needs to be that middle ground for for people in general but i especially think for men with regards to their like ejaculatory choice with regards to orgasm and the separation of that from ejaculation and just focusing on pleasure right as opposed to focusing on ejaculation both of those things you know the guy's still in his head about ejaculating it's like okay let's just completely disregard that and focus on pleasure and and what brings you pleasure and and yeah ejaculation can be pleasurable but here's all the things that you need to know about and around ejaculation how it affects you um so i love how you went into that man and and yeah the coolidge effect as well and the post ejaculatory cocktail all of that sort of stuff is is such valuable information that i you know could speak at length with you um on this on this podcast but i want to um yeah i want to continue continue this um vein of of you know what what we can do with our body so um maybe you're maybe you're open to sharing um some tips or some advice but 
you know, you said the, the first thing to work on is the separation of ejaculation and orgasm. That might be, yeah. that might be news to some people who are listening. That might be of nothing they've ever heard of before. I was wondering if you can speak a little yeah. bit more into ejaculation and orgasm. Okay. And I a hundred percent agree with what you just said then as well. And, and, um, so if we're going to ask, cause, cause it is, it's, it's what our, and that's, that's one of my issues with, uh, with the, the far right sort of, um, mystical type, you know, tantric type sort of thing when I'm saying, right. Cause it's like, I've said, right before. <laughs> it's not the right. It is just that, that, that side. It's like, it's, it is, it's, it, 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 the, the, when it becomes about prolonging so, or like you're right, the focus is on the ejaculation. So it's like one of those things is don't, you know, don't think about a pink elephant. Well, mm. of course, the first thing you're going to be thinking about is a pink elephant, right? So, yep. so how yep. do we, how do we, how do we shift our mindset completely? So that we're, so that our mindset and, and the, the, there's a couple of, there's so many tips. Okay. How long <laughs> so many tips and tricks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it is, but it's like, there's, there's a couple of, there's a couple of fundamental things that I like to do. Like, so if, if, let's go, let's go right back to the, so if, if a guy's like really just, just starting out and, um, the, 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 there's a couple of things that like I, I really recommend. So, um, one of the analogies that I, I like to use is that our, our human body absorbs tension a little bit like a sponge absorbs water. So, you know, the sponge is very good at absorbing water until it becomes waterlogged, then it can't, then it's useless. So you need to wring out the tension. So, so our body absorbs tension and tension's a good thing. Again, engineer yeah. like structures and, and, and body and stuff like that. So tension is a, is a necessary thing, but if, if we have too much stagnant unconscious tension, which is also known as stress, right? So if we have stress tension in our shoulders, neck, jaw, abdomen, in our diaphragm, uh, and particularly around our perineum. So our pelvic floor, if we have a lot of tension locked up in these places, it's going to be really difficult for us to um, to start. So, so when a, when a sexual tension starts to arise in our body, there's not a lot of place for it to go, right? Because mm. our, our our body is is waterlogged with with stress tension already. So, so so it's so one of the one of the, the first step before I, I I like to call it like again this is this is for me I like looking at it as there's there's preparatory work then there's then there's training and then there's like game day. If you look mm-hmm. at like a, like running a marathon, right? So the, the prep work for having really good sexual experiences, the very first, the place to start for all guys and, and for women as well, uh, men and women is, okay, let's acknowledge where the stress tensions are in our body and let's do something about it. So, so what, what, are, you know, if you've got stress tension in your shoulders, so the way that you move a unconscious static tension is by using a conscious kinetic tension or, or moving tension so massage mm. so uh, if i'm if i'm getting a massage i know that i'm getting a massage i can feel it in my shoulders it's good it feels great um dance movement yoga stretching uh sport going for a run all these different things like like take your deep breath and like sigh and let's just letting it out it's like oh you know just want to let this tension out like how do we release um I've actually been having some really amazing singing lessons. I don't know if I'm allowed to give a tag at all. <laughs> yeah, go for uh, it, man. Go for it. <laughs> by, by Edwina. She's amazing. Like she mm. seriously has rocked my world in so many different ways. And she gave us like a, a mind-blowingly, obviously simple, but just completely mind-blowing breath technique where it's just breathe in and, and hold for like 10, 10 seconds or whatever and then breathe out, but without closing my throat. So I've always breathed in, hold, held my breath, I've closed my throat or whatever, but it's like using my diaphragm to retain the air. Mm. It's changed so much, you know, like there's so much tension that has started shifting out of my throat and out of my body and stuff. So um, plus another, another really good thing to start, and this is actually probably like for all of those things, probably like guys are like, yeah, okay, I've done that. You know, ice baths, cold showers, great things to start to shift what our you know body physiology and how we how we handle stress mm. a place to start though for guys like something that's a little bit different is something that um you would have experienced i'm sure is uh, is uh, express and release type things mm. so one of the things with guys like you know one of the one of our safe emotions is anger 
Uh, and anger, anger does have a place in sex. I'm not, I, I actually, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a great emotion because anger and passion, you know, my background is Italian as well. So huh. anger and passion is the same thing for me. It's like, it just, <laughs> just, just portrays a little bit differently. Mm. Um, but to be able to release, and, and that's, that's as simple as, you know, jumping on the bed and like smashing it out, put, put painted black by uh, the Rolling Stones on really loud and just smash it out on the bed and mm. have a tantrum. They punch pillows, like scream, like scream, like scream into your hand, whatever. Like, just just do this. Like, have tantrums. Like, let let ourselves have like four year old tantrums. Let that little part of us, and just to release the tension. It's like it's a really, a really, really beautiful thing to do. So, mm. if we're talking tips, the first one, first one I'd say is learn how to de-stress. Learn how to wring out our body sponge from the the static tension that is stress. That's the first bit. Mm. Second bit is start to practice these different things. So, so training day for me, the number one thing about it's, it's mindset, right? So there's, there's a whole bunch of studies done that, that talk about the number one different or the number one uh, predictor of good sex is mindset. So if you have a, a, an expansive, a growth mindset, I, I, you know, I can't do this now, but I know that if with practice and time, I'll get there you're more likely to get there. And that's, that's with sport and everything, but they've actually done studies. They've got studies uh, uh, in sex that have talked about this as well. Right. Mm, wow. So number one thing is mindset. It's like, okay, what's my vision? My vision is that I want to be having beautifully connected sex with my partner. It, or, or it might be that I just want to have, I just want to experience something different or, or the vision could be, uh, you know, increasing the sensitivity of our bodies so that our our somatic nervous system so that the, the the sensory nervous system all the senses in our body starts to get get switched on right so the, the way that we start getting into that is that we use our we start imagining it we start to go okay this is this is where i want to step into so the first thing that we need to switch on is our imagination hmm. and then the second thing that we switch on is our physical body so how do we how do we bring more arousal? How do we shift our, particularly with men, you know, we tend to be visually based. We might watch porn, which um, you know, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of porn. I, I'd like to be open with uh, these sort of things, especially in early stages of shifting from one type of sex to, a, like to, to something that's more choice based. Mm. Uh, the, the, the issue for porn for me well, is, is a couple. One is that it's very addictive. Uh, and, and it's, it's a passive thing. So people can watch porn and be passive and still get a dopamine high, but that, that then means that you need to have more, like you need to watch more porn. You need to watch, uh, hard, more hardcore porn, which is, which is a problem, right? Which, which is a problematic thing. And like our, our dopamine receptors, like our pathways in our, in our brain, the, the, the pleasure pathways become saturated by dopamine and so we need to we need to find other ways it's a little bit like taking drugs it's like it's being addicted to anything so that's one of the issues that i have reported the second issue is that it's visually stimulating and when you're with a partner whether it's a man or a woman like generally speaking you're looking into a partner's eyes or you're looking at their back or your eyes are shut because the room is dark so so you don't get that visual stimulation of the you know genitals banging each other um, which again, that's, that's an issue that the issue for that is that, uh, it's hard to then, how do you sustain arousal when you're not getting that visual sort of thing? So, mm -hmm. so it is, it's, it's a significant thing to shift. How, how do, how do we shift? Uh, how do men start to shift to start, you know, the touch, like touching ourselves, like having our, 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 our nervous system, like our sensory nerves on our body providing as much arousal as what we used to watch when we used to watch porn. Right. So, and that's, that's just, again, it's just through practice and to, through, through visualization. So having the, this is where I want to go. And then it's like, okay, I want to just start exploring my body, like touch through touching myself in a different way, having my partner touch me in a different, different way and um, touching my partner in a different way. So that would be the next bit. <laughs> um, do, do, do we want to break or do we want to keep on going? Cause it's probably another, another little bit that I can continue. Or... Yeah. Keep going, man. Yeah. You're, you're smashing it. Okay. So 
the, the, the next thing I'd say is this is where when we start playing with this, this stuff, it gets, starts, starts getting to, um, so we've set the mind, we've got the mindset, we're exploring our body in different ways. This is where we start to, okay, we start to, to give ourselves the opportunity to start exploring orgasm without ejaculating. That's, mm. that's, that's where, where it starts happening. And, and the, there, are, there are three basic, you know, fundamentals that I like to talk about when it comes to ejaculating. Number one, it's a reflex. Ejaculation is a reflex. It's not controlled by our logical thinking brain. It is a reflex and it's controlled by our central nervous system, right? Mm. So, so the first thing we need to do is explore the reflex. Explore it like you've never explored it. Like just, just pretend that you never ejaculated before and you're going to do some self-pleasure, uh, like take a week and ejaculate as much as you want during that week. Like go for it. I, I for one, I'm, I, I, I'm a fan of ejaculation. <laughs> so before you were saying like, you know, never ejaculate. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not at all that thing though. It's, it is, I think it's significant and it's important for men to start learning that they can have pleasure and, and also that they can get by for a month or two months or six months without ejaculating. I think it's mm. a really important step for any man to experience. It's like breaking the addiction to ejaculating. So the, the first part for me is explore it. Like, so as you ejaculate, what's happening, what's contracting as you get closer to it, like feel your testicles, what's happening there, what's happening to the, to the base area of your penis, what's happening to your, um, to your uh, pelvic floor muscle, what's happening to your stomach area, your abdomen, mm. is that content? Are you, are you becoming a tense ball of like pre-ejaculatory anxiety? <laughs> Do you do it? So, so therefore you're so tense that you need to have the ejaculation to have some sort of relief. Okay. So, mm. but explore it and don't judge it. Just explore it 100%. So that'd be the first, first fundamental that I'd like when you've been going through this first of three, the second is to, to start to change the reflex. So once, once we've explored it, once we've really got, okay, I feel like I get this. And you know, you probably don't need to do it for more than a couple of days because you know, most guys would have a fairly good understanding of what's going on. But it's just, it's just looking at it from a different perspective with the second bit start to start to interrupt the reflex. So there are a number of ways that the Taoist stuff is probably the best. Bantech Jiri is actually a really good teacher. I like, I like his work when it comes to this. Um, he talks a lot about, and controversially, he talks about the thing called the million dollar spot. Mm. And the million dollar spot is, is, a, is a soft spot between the testicles and the anus where, where as you're getting closer to the to ejaculation, so maybe at the sort of 70% mark. So you're about 70% or 80% close to ejaculating. You can press on the million dollar spot. And what that does is it puts pressure on your prostate, which overstimulates all the pressure receptors in the prostate and it can start to like fake orgasm. Like you can start to fake it till you make it. That's what I'm trying to say there. So, mm. so, and the, the trick, the, the, the reason why it's controversial is that if, if a man has, if, if the ejaculation process has started and the ripple has started and, and, and a man puts pressure on, on the prostate, it is possible to force the semen back up into the bladder which is called a retrograde ejaculation, which is not what we want. Right. So mm -hmm. yep. this is where, this is where I'm, I'm not necessarily recommending or not recommending this play with it, but take full responsibility. If, if the ripple has started and if the ejaculation ejaculatory pulse has started, let it go. Yep. So don't try to control it. Let it flow. Let, let the, let the, let, let your boys out to the world. <laughs> but if, um, if, if you've got to that point just beforehand and you put pressure onto the, uh, um, onto the prostate and you start to feel that ejaculatory, sorry, that orgasmic uh, bliss, then go for it. It's a really good way of, 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 yeah. uh, of experiencing it. Um, one thing I'll add there, man, cause I, I'm, yeah, I've, I've spoken into the million dollar point technique is if you want to check whether you've had a retrograde ejaculation or not, next time you pee after you've practiced this million dollar point technique, if your pee is like really bubbly and really foamy, that's usually a sign that there's seminal fluid in your urine. So that's probably a sign that you've had a retrograde ejaculation. So if guys are having trouble differentiating, that's kind of one way, unfortunately, after the fact to, to check. Yeah, that's a really good point. But a much better way of going about it anyway is to actually use your pubic coccygeus muscles. So there's a muscle mm. that's like a sling that goes from our pubic bone of the 
at the front of our body to the coccyx at the bottom of our back, uh, bottom of our spine. It's like a little sling. And if we, you, if we learn how to tense that muscle and just work it, like if you're sitting there now, if you guys who are listening to this, if you just, the, the muscle, like just, like you want to stop going to, to the toilet, you want to stop peeing, right? If you just, if you, whatever, if you're sitting or you're lying down now, you can just, you can just squeeze that a little bit. That's the muscle that you can do exactly the same thing as what, I was, what we were both just describing about the million dollar spot just then. Um, but you can do it internally and you can just, you can start to do this with a real fine pressure. So you can start to use the PC muscle and your pelvic floor to initiate uh, that orgasm. Again, the, 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 the physiology of it is that we, over, we overstimulate the pressure receptors in our prostate. Because mm. our prostate creates, um, well, between our prostate and our seminal, seminal vesicles, which are right next to the two organs right next to each other, they create 95% of the semen. And they swell as we're getting closer to ejaculate. So there's, uh, the, the act of them swelling is a little bit like the bladder swelling when we need to pee. Right? So the bladder swells when like, all the pressure receptors in the bladder start to ping and it tells our nervous system, oh, this, this guy needs to pee. It's very similar with ejaculating the prostate and the seminal vesicles and some other organs as well. But those two main ones, they start to swell and the pressure receptors start to go, something needs to give. So if we're overstimulating those by putting pressure on them, we can stimulate the orgasm reflex without the ejaculation reflex. Mm. Um, that's, that's, that's the basic theory behind the behind that um behind the, the, the that technique so so that's the second bit so we've got the first bit is explore the reflex the second bit is start to interrupt the reflex how close can you get and if you go over top and you ejaculate it doesn't matter it's like you know the, the whole thing about this is have fun exploring it yes you've got to have fun exploring this because it's like this is we're talking about sex we're talking about a fundamental part of our you know human existence here it's mm. like um it's got to be fun like I'd, I'd love to feel like if you need permission i'm giving you full permission to ejaculate as much as you want yeah yeah uh, ejaculation is pleasurable it, just enjoy the ejaculation while you're practicing and training yeah so that's it so that's what? it you had a good time at the end of the day yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely the worst case scenario you had a good time <laughs> uh and and know that your 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 aim is to start to explore orgasm without that and it, it, it will happen like it will it will happen like it's one of those things like hang in there like mm. it's um uh, i'm sure you've got stories of uh guys that you've been coaching it's like it just takes time yeah and then it just happens miraculously and then it's like then then you know things start to shift so the third the third aspect which is the thing starting to shift aspect is well the third um fundamental is to so we've, we've gone through the first one, which is exploring it. The second one, we've changed it. And the third one is, sorry, the second one is interrupting it. And the third one is changing the reflex altogether. Mm. So then, then it becomes full choice. So if, if, if your first reflex becomes a non-ejaculatory orgasmic pleasure release, then, then ejaculation becomes the choice. It's not, it's not orgasm becomes the choice. It's ejaculation becomes the choice. And that, that's when, that's when a, a guy starts having mastery over his sexual being. Right. And, um, and yeah, so then it's like, then, then, then even once, once that starts happening. So once you've done, once you've really done the first two, the first two really like over time and you start to really shift it, you start, something will shift. And you'll notice that your first instinct will be to to not ejaculate. Your first instinct will be to actually experience pleasure, um, pleasure with your back, like through your spine or in your body or in your heart or like um, uh, yeah, just like really centered in your body. That's that that becomes the first pleasure, and that that's that's a really exciting time. And it will it'll happen spontaneously. It'll happen most likely at, at a point when you, you're least expecting it to happen. You could just be doing your practices and, you know, fooling around and you let go and you're surrendering. You particularly surrendered this, this particular day and you might even be making love. And the next thing you know, boom, it happens. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then you, you start to experience, uh, like, um, yeah, that, 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 that the heart orgasm or the, the, the body light lighting, lighting up. And, you know, there's so many different definitions of what orgasm are, but some of the better ones that I, that I like to talk about, are, uh, it's, it's, an, it's an alivening of our nervous system. 
So our, our nervous system switches on very spontaneously. It's like, whoa, what just happened? Like, mm. we, so we become more alert, more vibrant human beings. That's all we're doing. We're just switching out. It's a way to switch our nervous system on in a really um, powerful and meaningful way. Um, so that's, that's, the, that's, that's, that's what I would be saying there. So maybe I'll just recap a little bit. So place to start is to de-stress. So wring out the body sponge from the, the tension that we've got. Then, the, so that's, that's the preparatory work. Then the, the training is then, first thing you do is, is your um, mindset, have a vision of what you want to create, where you want to go to. And then, then the, 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 the next thing to do is to look at um, how do you start focusing more on the orgasm and how do you separate orgasm from the ejaculation? And that's by, by what I just said. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's that's probably that's probably there. The the, the final the final phase to that, I'll just do a real real high level uh, thing is is game day. It's like it's it's the day. So when you're actually making love and you're having you're, or you're about to have sex, forget about all of it. Forget about all of it. Be in the moment. Like there's there's focus one hundred percent on being in the moment. So. Do whatever you need to do. Is it, is it like, um, you know, meditate a little bit? Like I, as a tip, I highly recommend for guys that are really getting into this now is like um, have a cold shower and squeeze your testicles. So squeezing your testicles is a really, really important thing. If we're starting to, to not ejaculate, if you've been ejaculating twice a day for the last 10 years, you're going to have, your body's going to take a little while to get used to not ejaculating. So squeeze your testicles every day, multiple times a day. Mm. And just squeeze it, squeeze it enough that it, you start to feel sensations. And, and at first it might be that you can only just squeeze your testicles and, you can, and it hurts too much in the testicles themselves. Eventually, if you start breathing that, that or if you start seeing that, well, the perceived pain in your testicles, if you start feeling that in your body at the base of your penis, then maybe in your kidneys and maybe in your back, you start to, you start to shift that. That, that energy and that's again it's just, it's just another way of de-stressing ourselves and also it, it's, it's also a good way to initiate orgasm as well mm. um so have a culture do the things you need to do be in the moment as much as you possibly can and the, the one tip this is the last one that i'm going to stop on i'm going to finish on in, in this <laughs> in this monologue that i've just gone on <laughs> is focus focus on your spine mm. if if we get lost, because it's like, you know, you start to think, well, is she enjoying herself? Is she not enjoying herself? Or he or whoever, whoever you're with. Uh, if, like, always come back to our spine. And remember, and why the spine? It's like, I like to say to, I like to, say to guys, like, how, how big is your cock? And then, like, I love seeing the look on their faces. Like, what, really? You're asking me this question? I'm like, yeah. And what if I was to say to you that it's three foot? Everyone here has a three foot cock. And that's because the basic penis starts at the top of your spine. Mm. Right? So if we look at our whole body, our, our, our whole body as, our, as a penis. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. Yeah, you're just in, one big in penis. In that sense, the one big penis is like one big sexual organ. <laughs> uh, if we use our spine, it just shifts. Firstly, it gives our mind something to do. Mm. So our mind is like, well, why do I focus on? Okay, focus on my spine. Focus on rotating the spine. Focus on the ripples in your spine. How can your spine move and start making love from that place of moving your spine. So if your spine is the thing that initiates a sexual thrust, watch your sex life unfold. Mm. Like that, mm. like even I could have been just started with this. In fact, if there was one tip that I would give, it's just focus <laughs> on your spine. Cause that's going to, that's going to completely, it's going to completely shift your, your, your sex life like a hundred percent. All the other stuff is, is really important. I think it's, it's, it's great to, uh, if you really want to start mastering your sex life, it's really important to do the other stuff too. But, but the number one thing, especially when you're in the moment having sex and it's like, I don't know what to do, focus on your spine. That's, that's it. And, and that focusing on your spine is because it's like bringing awareness back to ourselves, back into our bodies, sitting with ourselves and then interacting with our partner from that place. Mm, amazing, man. That was, a, that was an amazing monologue, beautiful monologue. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, there was so much gold in that, man. And and I think you know, I've I've been in the 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 zone, the space, the community, whatever you want to call it, for you know several years. And and you know what I really resonate with your work is the simplicity and the analogy that you use to express the to express the work, to express the practices. You know, I love the sponge analogy. 
Um, I love the, you know, three foot cock analogy. I think that's beautiful. I've, you know, that's something I've never heard anyone kind of reference before. So, um, and you know, a lot of stuff does get rehashed, you know, especially, you know, everyone reads a, everyone in the male sexuality world reads the Mantak Chia book and then starts telling everyone about the million dollar point. But I love the, the extra analogies and the, the insights that you've offered in the last, um, yeah, 45 minutes. So it's been, been real powerful and, and powerful for me as well. Yeah. I love, I love hearing your, your insights. So, um, the, the takeaway of this for me has been, um, and, and what I really try and espouse as well is like just cultivating awareness. And maybe this goes all the way back to your, your prep, you know, preparatory, um, phase of your whole, of your whole coaching, I suppose, which is like, you know, just, start to cultivate an awareness of what what your body is and how it works and how it functions you know it's like i love troubleshooting you know my body and i love teaching people how to troubleshoot their own body and the way you start doing that is just educating you know just like starting to talk about the nervous system talk about the physiology talk about you know holding stress in your body and then from there it's like okay now that you've the door's been opened it's like cool go out and experiment have fun play around be curious you know this is a beautiful you know meat sack that we can play around with and can do a whole bunch of funky things just um have the i love the have the permission to just go and do that you know it's really um a really powerful thing to 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 say to someone is like you know you're not you're not weird or abnormal for wanting to explore and experiment with this you know i think a lot of the um preparation stuff can also be psychological as well it's like okay you know, is it okay for me to want to do this? Is it okay for me to want to explore, especially for guys? I think there's a story for a lot of guys around, you know, around sex and, and being that creepy dude who's interested in sex. You know, I think there's some preparation work to do around that. It's like, you know, give yourself permission to be okay with wanting to explore more of your sex life, you know, buck that, buck that narrative, buck that trend as well. So, um, yeah, man. Yeah. It's just been a, a, an honor to, to listen to you. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful, mate. It's a really good summary, and I, I really, a hundred percent agree. And and I'll just add one one more little thing. It's like you know, the most empowering thing that I've found is when people say to me, "You've got this. You do know." Like, there's a part of like there's a part of us that knows, and it's actually just giving ourselves permission to feel that, and then to start to have faith in that. Okay, I have faith that whatever. If I start walking this and start setting the intention, it'll my body will catch up. Um, and, and so, so that's why I'm, I'm cautious about calling it like the three-step process or whatever, because it's not, it's like, it, mm. they, these are pointers in a direction of this is where you're, you're going and, and trust yourself. Like you've got this, like you've got this, like that's the number one thing. Confidence, I a hundred percent agree with you. Confidence starts with the mind. Right. So, mm. Mm. um, yeah, it's, it's, I think, uh, I think the guys and the people that are listening to this, yeah, the one thing I would love love for them to to know is that they have they've got this, and and if they need more tips, then you know people like you and me and you know a, a growing fraternity of people are out there starting to make a difference, and 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 are, and are people that they can ask for for assistance too. So mm, totally, man, totally. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time out on this beautiful afternoon to have a chat with me. And uh, again, I apologise for my. I've got the, the caveman sex over here. This, this corner of my screen real dark. I've got all the mystical tantric sex over here. Yeah, that's it. And it's Look really that's beautiful. Got the light and dark and I'm just well, sitting straight there. in the middle. I've got, yeah. got it all over the place. <laughs> exactly, exactly, man. So, yeah, it's been a beautiful conversation. So, thank you so much for um, spending my time, man. I really appreciate it. That was, that was really good, mate. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, keep on, keep on doing your thing, mate, because it's brilliant. Thanks, my brother.